There's a great quote by Tony Robbins and he says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Success is getting what you want. Fulfillment is doing what you're made for. It's a really interesting concept because success is getting what you want, but getting what you want gets old. And so that's more of like a, a destination, not a journey. And I really like that quote because I feel like if you can incorporate fulfillment, things that fulfill you in your life, the journey will be far more enjoyable. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it all comes down to the journey. And you've probably heard that thousands of times. I mean, it's, it's quite a cliche saying, but enjoying the journey, enjoying the process, that's where most of the joy comes from. It's not necessarily what comes at the end of the, the journey, at the end of the road. It's really about the things that you learn along the way and the experiences you have. So I think if you can find almost fulfillment within that and of course focus on all, all the success focus on on the end goal but being present in in the small parts of enjoyment that you can make and the the small parts of I guess the process that you can enjoy along the way I think it's so important for sure yeah it definitely is I think there's the fulfillment piece that a lot of people can never find in their life and they might be chasing success and chasing, 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 and then they eventually achieve this and they have this little bit of a crisis in their life where they go, what next? And what next, what next? And then it's like that the, 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 the goal just keeps being the same distance away and you keep chasing, chasing, chasing. Um, and yeah, I, I think having that fulfillment in your life is, is extremely important. But then also I think having those things to strive towards and those goals and the successes that you want to have in your life they're important to keep you going but I think the fulfillment makes that keep going more enjoyable because you're getting something that's like a little bit more special out of it I actually responded to a a um a question last night on my Instagram story it was they were asking for tips on overthinkers and I I used this quote which was from a book, I, I can't remember what the, the book was called, but it's saying there's a boy and a horse and they're in the woods. And the boy says to the horse, I can't see a way out. And the horse goes, okay, but can you see your next step? And the boy goes, yes. And the horse goes, well, just take that. And I think that's really interesting. It ties in really well to when you're looking at those big goals and you can feel quite lost and daunted by those things. Whereas if you can just focus on getting to the next step, that means you're getting one step closer to that goal. So you don't get so caught up and overwhelmed with the future and just focus on the next 90 days, say. You can play matches, win matches, and keep moving forward um, without that mind filled with all of what it could be and all the stresses that comes with overthinking. It's a really interesting quote. Mm. I think that lack of fulfillment really just comes from not enjoying the journey or not making not finding the enjoyment in the journey because enjoyment, you can make enjoyment out of even the hard times because if you have like a, a framework that, okay, this is really tough what I'm going through now, but I'm progressing so much as a person. I'm getting so much better as, as a result of this hard time. I'm callousing my mind. I'm, I'm building va invaluable skills if you can realize that those hard times are what's really building you up, you'll learn to find the fulfillment even in the things that, are, that, are, that feel tough in the moment. 
And if you can find that joy, you can find it in the, in the losses, you can find it in the wins. I think that's where, where a lot of that fulfillment comes from. But where most people lack that is when they're just focused on the goals. And I used to be like that. I am to an extent as well. I feel like it's something that's hard to eradicate altogether. But I used to be very focused on, on only the goals, the outcome, the end of the destination. But now I realize because I kind of have to be like this that I need to find enjoyment in the journey because if I don't mm. on it, like I'll just quit. And I've, I've done that before. I've, I've started two other businesses in the past and because I was so focused on the destination and I wasn't getting there fast enough, I just quit because I wasn't as successful as I thought I should have been. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. But then also when we, we talk about this in so many episodes, but about, the the hard times are so important to make the good times great and looking at it as these hard times are a cost for the good times because you need them and so if you can associate the challenging times in your life as a cost to make the good things great you can process those hard times further uh, easier because you can look at them and go okay i need to go through this it sucks but i need to go through this because then when i make it out the other side which i will it's going to be way more fulfilling. It's going to be way more amazing. I'm going to be in a way better state than I would be if I didn't have these downs. And noticing the polarities of good and bad and realizing that you need to have one to have the other in both aspects is really, really important um, mm. for you to actually just, just be able to keep going through those hard times. Because I understand sometimes when I look at people and go, they are unfulfilled. They are unmotivated. They aren't doing things that are bettering their life. And you've got to have a little bit of sympathy for them because you've got to go, well, that's their life. Their thoughts are their reality. That's what they are going through right now in their life. They don't think they're doing something wrong. And maybe if they do, they don't know what they're doing wrong and they don't know how to fix it. So they're in the spot they're in because of what they've been exposed to. And so when when if you were to look at that and go, how can I... If someone came like that came to me, how can I get them to be improved? I guess it's talking about all the little things in your life that when doing all of them will compound you into a way better person. The environment that you're in, the people that you surround yourself by, the areas that you actually live in, the, uh, is it an affluent area? Is it, have, is it inspiring when you walk the streets? Like, are you in a place that's got nice, uh, lots of suns, so you can get plenty of vitamin D in, in your life, increase that mood? Like all these little things go into place. Are you listening and consuming the right content? Are you staying off your phone in the mornings? Like all these little things that you can change instantly. Maybe not the moving of locations, but you can change all of these little things instantly. And by combining all of those things will create an com- amazing person. And then that's how you'll be able to move on from the, the lost phase of your life because you'll ha- feel more confident in yourself. You'll feel more inspired about yourself and your direction in life. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of mindset, because mindset's so important, there's this saying that I have for myself that, that I say every single night before I go to bed. I read it on, on the phone of my notes or on the notes on my phone. And it's what you're going through right now like for instance, I'm, I'm building my business and it says what you're going through right now in your business is shitty. This is what business feels like. Um, you're meant to feel like this and this is the reason that, that most people quit, but you won't. And it's something along those lines. I read, I read it every single night and, 
I think it's such a good perspective to have because a majority of the, the time when you're running a business or when you're trying to pursue something great or, or you're just trying to do something challenging, you're, you're not going to feel very great about it. And that can, that can bring a lot of questions up in, inside of you. And you can think, am I even doing the right thing? And I think that's so powerful for everyone to have a framework of like, okay, I had this original plan. When I made the plan, I thought it was a really good plan. But just once you actually start that plan, you realize, okay, this is, this is fucking hard. Like, this is difficult. But that doesn't mean that the original plan wasn't good. You should still stick with that plan. And just because it's difficult, it doesn't mean that it's not the right plan still. So I think having little perspective shifts like that, having these little mindset tricks that you can, that you can create and, and consistently say to yourself, I think is so powerful when you are going through those tough times. Mm. I, I'm going to challenge that a little bit because I think that mindset can be a blessing and a curse. And the curse is that you get a little bit emotionally attached to the business model itself or the business that you've run and started. And so what can happen is if you are banging your head at the wall and you just keep telling yourself, oh, this is the journey it's tough and yeah, it's a lot harder and the idea seemed a lot better before I started it and then I got into it and realized it was going to be a lot more challenging than it is. And you have all these thoughts around, oh, it's just going to take time. If you're spending all that time doing the same thing that isn't working, I'm sorry, but maybe you, the thought you had and the idea you had isn't actually a good idea. And as Adam Hudson says, one of my biggest mentors, he says, your ability to fail fast in business is a massive skill set. It's one of the biggest ways to judge on how good of an entrepreneur you are, how quickly you can identify a business and model and, and opportunity and how quickly you can fail, how quickly you can get out of something. Because as soon as you're hanging on to something that might not be going to plan and you've done a whole analysis on, okay, this is the list of things that I can go out all in on and try everything. And if all of these don't work, the business isn't the way I thought it was going to be. And I'm going to be able to hang up the boots, pack up shop and write down all my lessons and move on to something greater or something different. If you can't have that ability to move on, you'll hang on to something for months, for years, for decades, just because of the ego and the thought of, oh no, this will work. It's just going to take time. And so I think it's a powerful thought to have when you've still got a lot of different ways to pivot the business and you still believe that the problem is needs to be solved. But if you're banging your head against the wall and you're just telling yourself, oh, it's harder than expected, but I, I, I know it's going to take some time, like really have a think about the ladder you're climbing mm. and think about the business that you're running. And off the back of that, if you still deem that when you make it out the other side of this, if you can... Is it something you want to be a part of? And if not, then quit while you're ahead because mm. the time is the thing that you're losing the more you drag that, that business on. Mm. And that's not, I'm not saying that for everyone, right? It's more of a personal thing. You've got to ask the question. But it, it certainly can be a bit of a, a dark rabbit hole. I understand that logic. But on the other hand as well, you've got to realize most business models do work. So most businesses that people are going after that they're trying to build up someone has done a similar thing to them in the past and they've gotten their business to a pretty decent point. 
of course, if you're doing a completely innovative business, like it's never been done before and you don't feel like there's a good use case for it or a good problem that you're solving or an important problem that you're solving, then of course you might be climbing up the wrong ladder. But majority of people that are trying to start a business these days, they're, they're in a business or they're, they're pursuing a business model that has already been done. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that because it's hard right now, they're going to quit. And I think a majority of the time, you may be right, maybe like one out of 10 times that you shouldn't get stuck in that rabbit hole. But like, because there are some businesses that aren't going to work. There's going to be some things you're pursuing in life that you are just climbing up the wrong ladder. But I would say about nine times out of 10, you've just got to keep climbing. And of course, you, you shouldn't get stuck in that mindset of like, my ego's attached to this. I've invested so much. I don't want to quit now. It should more be the fact that if someone's done this before, there's no reason that I can't and I'm going to keep doing it until it's successful. Because I would say nine times out of 10 that there's a good chance if you just stuck for it, stuck at that business for longer or you, you did that challenging thing for longer, that you would be successful in it, um, mm. depending on I think, what it is. Yeah, look, 100%. And I guess it's just asking yourself the question of is the business that, it could get to something you want to be a part of and also just identifying the opportunity there. And like for me, I don't want to just do a business that is like that I have to slug away and compete against 800 other people because they're all doing the same thing. I kind of want to have that bit of innovation or uniqueness to it. Like I, I I really do. And, um, And yeah, I mean, that's what's the beauty about coming with, with a personal brand as well as you are unique to everything else because you're building it off you. And that's what I really like about that because you can kind of go wherever you want. You create a book, it is unique because people aren't buying it because of its offering it, they're buying it because of you, and um, which is really cool. And obviously that's such the minority of businesses. But I think f- f- for me, there's so many different ways to have a business there's so many different businesses but like properly when when you're when you're talking about like something that's got a little bit of uniqueness to it or something that you're trying to challenge a little bit like if you talk about someone that has been proved time and time again like even when you take the principles of like like e-commerce for example and you go okay i'm going to it's been done before people make millions of dollars every single month and so someone just keeps banging away at these at these products. I mean, it could work eventually. You could get a unicorn. It could take off. But it's just analyzing the opportunity and the opportunity cost of investing all of your time into that thing when potentially you could be getting doing something else. Because if you look at like the like in an ideal world at a certain business, like what level could you get to? And then you look at that and go, fuck and all the work that's associated with that. And then look, okay, what are the other options out there? What can I do that's going to be, I'm going to learn more, A, I'm going to have more opportunity, A, I'm going to be able to branch out more. Is the business going to be sellable? Like there's all these other factors. Is there other businesses that can stem from that business? Like when you ask yourself all these questions, you start to actually narrow down which business models actually have opportunity, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, for instance, I I started a SMMA, so it was a marketing agency. This was maybe like two years ago, so a little little while ago, and 
I, if I had have stuck at it, I'm sure I would have gotten, like I could have scaled the business. But in the moment, I thought like, this is so difficult. <laughs> like, there's not much opportunity there. But there, like in hindsight, I mean, I'm glad I didn't pursue it because I'm, I love my business now and I love what I do so much more than I feel like I ever could have if I had a, a social media marketing agency. But if I had stuck with it, I'm sure that I would have, I would have been able to scale it up if I kept working at it. And I think that's where most people quit too early they and where I have as well like I'm I'm no better but yeah I, I think it's just really getting the perspective of if someone's done this before there's a very very good chance that you're able to do it too and just to realize that and not get stuck in that shiny object because I do completely understand your logic and I think it's so important if you are climbing the wrong ladder to, to get off that ladder and make sure that you're actually solving a, a real problem that that has a lot of pertinence but yeah, I, I think too often, even more than maybe nine times out of 10, you're in, you're in something or you're pursuing a, a challenging thing that can be done, but just most people will quit too early. Well, that's just that um, other topic we spoke about having that going from um, unconscious comp incompetence to conscious incompetence. Mm. And people quit at conscious incompetence because they realize how fucking hard it's going to be. So then they drop off and they they drop out of this business and then they move on to something else and they can never break past that that conscious incompetence till they get to a, a little level of competency people don't break past that so i i understand that for sure i think when you're starting out in business though what's really important is to actually be able to like really learn the fundamental skill sets and all of the core things that are going to be transferable in any business that you do because then when you do that if you're really entrepreneurial at heart and you have this creative, unique aspect to you, like if you know all the fundamentals in business and you're a true entrepreneur that gets really creative, you're going to be able to identify an opportunity and then be able to apply that to your business knowledge and then identify if it's actually an opportunity or not. And then that's when like really unique business will, will come in and like, proper entrepreneurship will come into play and so for me i think being able to if i'm starting out just unpack all the fundamentals like learning as much as you possibly can in communication in how business works and how to set up a company like learning all of these things so that then you have the foundations and then just giving things a crack i don't think trialing and then getting out too soon is is um a problem as long as you're doing it for the right reasons if we tie it back to the very first thing i said is like is it just to reach success why is it to be successful is there a why like is it to help out the family is there you is it just for pleasure are you running away from pain like all these things are gonna be contributors as to if you stick something out but i think yeah just getting in the arena is really important and being able to get knocked down and start again because what we probably haven't spoken about as well is these people that drop out when it gets difficult do they get back into business and try something new again maybe not mm. they might try one or two things and then they're out business isn't for me is what they say <laughs> and if it is if that's the case then yeah okay it's not for you but it's only not for you because you have this limiting belief in yourself that business is too hard and you don't want to put yourself through that pain again it's a lot easier just to get a simple job and then you start tricking your mind that the simple job is what you actually want to do 
Mm. Which is fucking bullshit. And then what happens is you get a few months into this job and you start re-questioning it. And instead of hopping around businesses, you hop around jobs and then you get properly lost. Um, that's probably a cycle of most people. Mm. And it's really never the same once you do try and start your own <coughs> business. Once you, like, say it fails or you just end up not going, like, pursuing it. If you then go and work a nine-to-five after that, you never perceive it the same as when you, before you started the business. Like, it's so much harder to get back in the rhythm of it. At least it was for me because, yeah, once I, I, I stopped my old business, my SMMA, I tried to work or I did work back in sales for a few months. And, yeah, I just really couldn't get back in the rhythm. Like, I just was, wasn't mm. enjoying it at all. I could still sell, obviously. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I couldn't do it. I was, I was just in a state where yeah. I was like, this is just, like, yeah, depressing I call it almost. the entrepreneurial yeah. journey. And I've spoken about this a bit before, but I recommend every entrepreneur to get a, get a job. Go back and get a job after a business. Because what it does is it teaches you what you don't want. And so if you don't have anything to compare it to, when the tough times get tough, which are inevitable in business, all you want is that, all you crave is that little bit of security. And so what do you do? You leave the business and you go get a job. And that job's great. You're learning a bunch. Um, you get through these few months and you're like, yeah, it's good. You got some money coming in. You finally actually got a little bit of savings for once. And then what happens is your learning plateaus and the job gets boring, the tasks get mundane and all you're thinking about is how can you earn money outside of this job so you can leave the job? So then you go back into business and then when you go through this tough time again in business, you think to yourself, okay, this is challenging but what's the alternative? What's the alternative right now? Going back and getting a job? That shit sucked. I can't do that. I'm going to stick this out and um, if you don't have that to compare it to which most people don't then you're not going to be able to push through those really hard times because the job looks very sexy when you don't know how rent's being paid on monday it looks very sexy it's something that you yeah you you just crave being able to just yeah have that little bit of buffer in your life financially when you're starting out business can be can be quite tough especially if you're starting something that requires a lot of capital too um, or or just requires a lot of investment early days in terms of time and lack of money, so you're not having as much money coming in, that's challenging. You may be burning through a savings account like or a credit card. That stuff's stressful. Mm. Yeah. Because I'm sure there'd be people in here that are wanting to start a business. Do you have any insight as to, because there's probably even people at the level that are like, I don't know what kind of business to start. Do I start a service? Do I start a, like selling products? Like what would you recommend for someone starting out? Or what would you say to them? Mm. Someone early days in their business journey? Yeah. I guess it just depends on what they've done in their life as well. But I would say go get a sales job. Do an entrepreneurial apprenticeship. That's what I would say. Because... You're, you, if you've done a business degree, if you've not done a business degree I'm, and you've never tr done a business, I'm sorry, but you don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit. I don't care if you've done four years at uni studying business, 
studying entrepreneurship. They have got a degree now of entrepreneurship. Do you know that? Yeah. I think you actually said to me on the phone, like, uh, you were looking at doing it, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. They've got a fucking degree of entrepreneurship. That is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life. Ever heard in my life. You can't theoretically learn entrepreneurship. I'm sorry, you can't. And so for me, my biggest advice is go get a sales job so you can learn how to talk. Because once you can learn how to talk, then you can portray your message better. You can sound more convincing. You can sound smarter than you actually are. You can get your way out of challenging situations a lot easier because you can use your words. And sales is communication. So the more you practice your sales, the better you're going to become at communication every area of your life. And I think that's the number one skill set that you can possibly have because that thing does wonders. So first thing is, is do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Work with a company that you're going to be able to learn at a really fast rate, preferably in sales or marketing, um, mainly sales, I would say. And go and do that. Six months at least, just keep doing it. And that is tough. And if you can get through those six months of a full-time sales role, like, and you get make it at the other end, you're going to be a way more tougher person because mm-hmm. the sales is hard and it's tough. And you'll be, and you'll also look back on how far you've come and you'll be very amazed and you'll be a proud, you proud mm-hmm. you did that role. So I would say that during that time on the side, start learning business learning fundamental business skills, start reading and, and learning from the best in the, in the world, learn about money and how it works, learn, read basic books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's the first book I ever read and it'd be a real, massive book I'd understand because it reframes your mind around how you look at money and realizing that an hourly rate's not everything and it's more of a value exchange. So I'd say read books like that, um, and learn from people that have what you want in your life. Again, it ties back down to a uni professor does not have what you want in your life. So why are you learning off them? And so it's asking yourself those specific questions too. And I'm not taking a dig at uni the whole time. I'm also taking a dig if you're trying to create a business and you're going to uni. I don't think that's a, a good fit. So I'd say sales and then and then learning fundamental skills, probably getting a good baseline understanding of all the main business models. So I understand software, understand e-commerce, understand agency, and understand and potentially understand social media and um, and probably like AI nowadays as well. I'd probably say I'd probably say understand that. And if you have a good baseline in all of those, you have a little bit of an understanding in all of those areas. Tie that on top of being able to communicate any idea you'd be able to identify and you'd be able to get in front of the right people to then pitch that idea to. Sales was one of the most valuable things I've ever done as far as the skill set goes for building my business. When I first started, I <laughs> I didn't really know anything about coaching. I Of course, I knew how to sell and that does definitely transfer over because I was helping coaches sell, but I didn't I didn't know much else apart from that. I didn't know what the coaching world really even looked like, but I knew I could sell so I could teach people how to sell. But me being able to sell myself, not myself, but being able to actually sell, it helped me convince so many people that I was actually, that I was adequate at, at helping them. And of course, I, I still was able to help them. But as far as it goes, like if I didn't have that sales ability, if I couldn't communicate, 
I wouldn't no have way. been able. It would have taken me. I would have gotten a client, but it would have taken me so so much longer to get my first client. Oh and yeah, that's a that's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think it, it's literally it's simply put like, you can fake your way into things when you can communicate, mm. and it's not in a malicious way. It's not in like a negative way. It's a it's a way where people are drawn to you and people go. Like people, people feel like you know your shit and they want that because they want to know their shit. And so when we tie back down to learning from people that have what you want, if someone can communicate really well, you probably want that. Mm. So you want to work with them. People buy confidence, don't they? People, yeah, people buy confidence yeah. for sure. But it's also, conf they, they buy confidence in, in you, but they buy confidence in what you're offering and so if they, if they can feel confident mm -hmm. that what you are going to offer them is going to get them where they want to be, mm. got nothing else to talk about. It's, they're in. Because if they can really feel like you're going to be that person for them and then there's no other money objection or time ob objection, like why would they not progress? Why would they not, if they believe that you're going to be the person and they have full conviction that you're the one to help take them through this this time that they're going through, this phase, this problem that they have, then why would they say no? And so being able to portray and deliver your message better than everyone else will give you that advantage, I think. Mm. What, do you, what do you think? Yep. Definitely. I, I completely agree. If you can build your message and communicate in a way that you know what you're doing, even if you <laughs> may not, I think, it's you know, it's one of the only ways that you can come across. Of course, it's it's important to be authentic and tell the truth. But if you can if you can just even show that you're confident in yourself that you will help someone that you will get them the results that you say you will, that's when you you get people and then to go and deliver, you. right? Yeah, like you've got to go deliver. That's exactly. the key thing. Yeah, because one of one of my big mentors says it's they're not a client until they've paid you twice, mm. which I love that concept because. Anyone can pay you once, but the only reason they're going to pay you a second time is if you delivered on what you said, totally. potentially even exceeded what you said. Mm -hmm. So like fucking deliver your, that service, man, and, or, or product and make sure that it's outstanding. Make mm -hmm. sure that it is better than what they were expecting. Because mm -hmm. then if it is and you come to, and they've got to one step of this journey and you've got an opportunity to get them from step one to step three, and you've given them this whole thing and provided so much value from zero to one, they're not going to say no mm. because they believe in you that you're the person for them. Mm. Products, like if you're selling a physical product, make it world-class, like have things in there, make sure that every, all the fine details, one of my good friends, Eric, is a master at this. He literally sells products online for a living and makes millions of dollars doing it. And he makes sure the fine, the finer things, the insert cards in the boxes, the design of it, the, the aesthetic of the branding, the listings on the ads, like everything's so world-class. So the experience of them actually getting these things and receiving it to their house is next to none. So then when he launches something else in the same niche or in a different niche and the buyer's interested in that too, they go, oh, right, Eric's brand was really good. I'm going to buy that. And so you're selling yourself or you're selling your brand or whatever. It's, it's so important for sure. One of the biggest lessons I ever had when it comes to client retention and client retention is just keeping your clients for longer, essentially, was to just over deliver. 
And every time I, I bring a new client on, I'm so diligent with either staying in contact with them or delivering on the, on the things that I say I'm going to deliver on. So say, for instance, if I say right after this call, I'm going to send you through some material, I'm going to send you through some homework. I'm, I make sure for a fact that I do that because the more things that you can, I guess, um, actually follow through on. Yeah, follow through on that you can actually say like um, you, you have something that you, you're going to do for them. The more things that you can tick off that you've actually done for them it helps so much when it comes to retention and making sure that they're having a good experience. Yeah, I think Hormozy talks about that a lot yeah. as well, doesn't he? he? He talks about being able to do a lot of things for them mm -hmm. so that they feel like you're giving them a lot, but then also you're following through on your word. Mm. So they're building up that trust, I think. Because mm. even on a smaller scale, you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it. Next time you say you're going to do that thing, do they think, oh, he's might do it i don't know we'll see i'm not getting my hopes up yeah so being able to follow through on that is is so important yeah. yeah there's another thing as well and this you could even transfer it over to just like getting better at making friends and communicating with people that it can't it, it can relate even just not to business but an example is for instance if you're working on something i don't know or even maybe if you're buying someone a gift for example or you're just doing something to to provide value to others to show people the progress of your work so to show people how much effort you're actually putting in to to deliver on whatever you want to give them so an example could be you're working on um some sort of i guess lead magnet for a client a lead magnet is just like something that they give for free. If you have like a really good idea, you should like let them know that you've been thinking about them and that you've been putting this effort in. Another example could just be, I don't know, let's say you you did the dishes or something like that and your friend has been away for a week or you, you fix something in the house that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't notice um, before they get back. You can just say, oh, like I, I fixed this thing, um, just thought I'd let you know. And the, like those little things that most people often forget about doing, you're already doing the hard work by, by helping them and doing whatever you said you would, but all you're doing is letting them know. And people appreciate that so much more because seen work is often appreciated a lot more than, of course, unseen work because, I mean, it can't be experienced. Yeah, I, I would agree to some, some aspect. I also think there's that, that feeling of surprise and them noticing it is more meaningful than letting them know about anything. Like if it's a client and they receive something extra without being noticed, that's like a pretty cool feeling for them. Or you walk back into your house and your roommate's cleaned the whole thing and he hasn't told you, but he's done the whole thing and you notice it straight away. If, if he comes and says it, then it's just like, okay, he's done it and he's made sure he's like tell, letting me know that like there's a there's a one-up thing. There's like a, oh, you've got to do something else now because I've been doing mm. this. Or if it just, if it's done and then you notice it and go, oh shit, like he's cleaned up the whole thing. That's great. I mean, what do you, what do you think? What would you prefer? Because I know you just explained that, but I would prefer it to be a surprise as opposed to, oh, just letting you know I've done this, um, which is kind of, I interpret that as, I interpret that as, okay, he's done this and he's making sure he's letting me know of this because then I've got to do something now to pay that back mm. is the feeling I have. Yeah, well, it depends on definitely how you look at it. So it depends on the other person's perspective. But my view on it is if you've done extra effort 
or if you've you've been working on something for instance I can give you an example I'm working on something like that I'm putting a lot of time and effort into for my business and I'm going to give to my clients or not even just my clients but my my prospects and I'm showing all of the work that I'm doing leading up to it and the reason why is because it builds the value proposition so if you can show that you've I don't know maybe you did a lot more and it's not a surface level response that someone can see then that let's I'll even say it like this so if you do something and it ends up taking a lot longer than whatever the person that you're that you've done it for can see then they're going to value how much effort you put in a lot more than you just saying or, or them just seeing that you've done this thing because they don't know all of the hard work that you've put into that of course some things they will but some things they won't so I think if you can show them that or tell them that people are always going to appreciate it more like if you told me that I don't know you pursued something when and it was a lot more difficult than you thought it was I'd appreciate that a lot more because it shows that you've put in a lot more effort than you just doing that one thing that I thought was very easy for you to do Mm. but I wouldn't have known unless you told me that it was hard do you know what I mean yeah yeah no I I I, yeah it makes sense Mm. like I I get it I get it I think maybe it's not as much something in in my nature that I do, but it could be it could be of maybe it's shooting myself in the foot, not doing it for sure. I, I kind of just like to just do things and then just like just get just get it done. Mm. But in saying oh, that, yeah. in saying that, like maybe it's yeah, maybe it's more important to actually have something that um, letting people know of the hard work that I'm doing. Mm. I just sometimes feel like it could be like a woe is me, like mm. I'm letting you know of all the stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think leaving it can be better sometimes for me. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Like, I definitely hear your logic on it. Um, I know it definitely works when Cause it I just think again, I go like, fuck, who cares? Like who really cares? But when you're talking about clients, it makes sense when they're building up this value of something. Mm. But, um, but yeah, mate. Yeah. I got no more words for that, that topic. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing else to say about that, to be honest. Well, it's, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to consider. I don't feel I do it very much. Like, I'll do something with it. I mean, you could, <laughs> I, this is just my perspective. You could be like, fuck no, you always tell me. Maybe I do, but um, I feel like I try not to make too much of an effort off it. But, of course, if it's something that, that's a lot more difficult than it seems at the surface level... I'll let you know. I'll let. I'll tell you what Janata does all the time. This is <laughs> letting, letting it, this is letting everyone in on a little bit of a of an insight on our relationship. He will want me to do something, and then he'll always say, "Oh, we need to do this. Like, we need to do this," knowing that he has no input on doing that thing. He's just like, "Oh, we need to do this." Like, it's beating around the bush as opposed to just like saying it straight to me. Like, "Oh, like when do you reckon you'll be able to fit that into your calendar?" Instead, people like, "Oh, like." dude, we need to do this today um, or whatever. It's like, oh, we really need to get this yeah. going. And I'm just like, mate, just fucking tell me. Don't be around the bush. Anyway. Sorry. I guess my thing is I don't like getting told what to do. So if you told me, you were like, oh, you need to do this thing. Like, I wouldn't like that. So maybe that's what it is, my justification for yeah. it. Like that, I know that's why I do it. Because I wouldn't like you to be like, say like, you need to do this. I'd rather hear your opinion about whether you want to do it or not, or whether you will do it rather than saying like, Chris, you got to do this thing. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it might be beating no, on the bush. I, I, I but understand it's, it. it's not like, 
oh, bro, like I'd rather definitely do that than say you need to do this thing because yeah. I don't like getting told. That's what probably to do. like that little bit of my D personality type coming in. It's like mm. I feel like I'm more of an I personality, but I've got this little bit of D. It's mm. like I'm a bit of a DI, and and like there's aspects of mine that's quite direct, mm. and that's why I'm so ruthless a lot of the time when I just <laughs> say shit because I think it's just like I'm just yeah. like fuck fuck being around the bush but you've got a good filter though that worst filter it's really bad it's a blessing and a curse but yeah sometimes it can get a bit my filter can yeah and that's just the reality of 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 me sometimes as well but i think it's got me really far in life but it's also um had its challenges too but that's with everything there's Mm. there's positives and negatives to it all right totally (laughs) is there anything else you wanted to talk about today this is a bit of a shorter episode today um was there any other topics we should have a quick quick chat about? I want to set this thing up so that I can just like, and I want to get your opinion on it, but everything that I do in my life now, so I'm in my early 20s, but all of the things that I do on a daily basis is so that in the future I can avoid having a shit life, so that I can avoid having a life that I'll hate. What are some things that you're doing now that's helping you avoid a future life that you'll hate, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's not about a future life that I'll hate. I think it's just delaying the life that I want if I do those things. That makes sense? Explain it again. So the things that I'm doing today, I'm not doing them so I don't have a shittier life in the future. I'm doing them so I can achieve my amazing life that I want sooner. Mm. Because I'm never gonna I'm not gonna have a shitty life. It's not even a concept in my mind of having a shitty life. However, if I do things that are affecting me progressing in my life, I'm not going to achieve my dream life as quick. Mm. I'm never going to have a shitty life. I'm not. I won't even allow that concept to be in my mind. However, if I party all the time and I just chase women all the time and I do all these things with the intentions of instant gratification and short-term pleasures, I'm going to be pushing back that date where I can sit back and say, hey, mum, here's the house. Hey, dad, here's your dream car. So that ties in to answer the things that I'm doing today to allow me to not have a shitty life or allow me to achieve my dream life quicker is right now I'm honing in, I'm fine-tuning, I'm, I'm zoned in. I'm so focused on like I'm in hustle mode. I'm not partying. I'm, I'm getting up really early, sleep aside, which is probably a bit of a worry. I'm not sleeping enough, I would say, but I'm dedicated to my routine. I'm dedicated to my health. I'm, I'm focused on my business and or businesses and trying to really, yeah, just really optimize like that and balance those things that I have in my life. And so I'm really trying to, to hone in on that. And so the things I'm sacrificing are, yeah, probably partying, dating women, um, which I'm still doing here and there, but not not a lot of. Like I'm not cold turkeying that stuff for sure. I, I think it's important to keep a little bit of that in my life, um, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, that's probably the primary thing, resisting yeah. those short-term pleasures. What about you, my friend? You're giving me the smile. <laughs> yeah. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> What was I laughing about? Um, yeah, no, I. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like is it is it recent? Is it something we've just recently been talking about, or what are you laughing at? No, I was I was laughing about that question because yeah, I totally agree. 
I guess a concept. Are you laughing about the way I answered it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you gave me this question, I just shat on it again. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I was just like, shit question, man. That's honestly, that's not, that's not it. But, um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I guess it was, it was more so, definitely. I think it's the <laughs> perspective you have on the question. So if... Our perspectives seem to be skewed today. They bro. are, aren't they? We're <laughs> yeah. on opposite ends, hey? Yeah. Um, no, I think it, it's interesting because, yeah, you can look at the question in a couple different ways. You can answer it differently. And I think it's, it's maybe just my perspective. My life has always been, I'm focusing on not having, like, I'm, I'm always wanting to live up to my potential because I'm afraid that, well, I'm not actually afraid, but I just know for a fact that I don't want to live a shit life. I don't want to have a bad life. And of course, I guess the opposite way of that is just having an amazing life. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was just interesting the way you answered it. I, th- I yeah. do agree though. Cause like, I'm, I'm just beyond insane. the point of even conceptualizing a shitty life. Yeah. I can't even like, I struggle to take anyone seriously. Right. And I just, I just do. It's like, if you don't have your health in line, what are you doing? And so like, for me, I'm so honed in and I'm so critical with the people I have in my life because I want to achieve greatness. And by doing so, I've canceled out anyone that is going to live a miserable shit life. And so I don't even, I can't even conceptualize having a shit life. My thing is I'm not doing those things so I can achieve my dream life sooner. Mm. My life's not shit right now. It's far from that. It's actually amazing, but it's not where I want it to be yet. And so, yeah, I, I agree. maybe my answer to that question is more so selfish in the sense that I can't even conceptualize a shit life. Mm. But, um, but yeah, did you have a response? What are your thoughts no, on I, that? I totally agree. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I think it was <laughs> I was laughing because of the way you answered it, but I like I'm on the exact same page because yeah, I don't want to live a shit life and the whole thing, like everything that I do on a daily basis, is to get me to a place where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm already there, but I think so having much a shit more I could still do. We could yeah. elaborate on that shit life for a second though, and and mm. think about actually, like what that looks like for each other. For me, a shit life is to be going backwards Mm. as well. And like, if I am doing the opposite of progressing, I feel like shit. I feel horrible. So I would label that as a shit life. If I'm not progressing in any area of my life, that's a shit life. And for me to be able to try a business, invest a lot of time and money into it, and then fail that business, I'm not looking like that as a, I'm not, I'm doing the opposite of progressing because I look mm. at all the things I've have progressed in my life by doing so my business capability and my knowledge in the arena, business arena has mm. increased dramatically. So I'm not going backwards because I'm going into my next business way better than I did in this one. But if I'm going backwards, meaning I'm getting older, not one step closer to my goals, not one step healthier, I'm getting unhealth, unhealthier less wealthier because my ex- I'm having kids and family but earning less money. Like if I'm getting unhealthier, less wealthier, less inspired, less motivated and laughing less and smiling less because my quality of friends aren't getting better and I'm getting one day older or one month older, that's a shit life because mm. I'm not getting any better but I'm getting one step closer to dying. So that would be my definition of a shit life. Yeah, Mine too. Unreal. <laughs> that was a good way there to end go. it. I think, I think so as well. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. What is this, episode eight now? Episode eight. Episode eight, guys. Holy. And there's thousands of you downloading the show every single, um, every single month. I really appreciate you guys uh, for, for tuning in. And if you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment. But wherever you are, I said this on the last post, we can look on the back end of who's subscribing and not very many of you are comparatively to the amount of people watching the show. So do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode of the modern blueprint, drop us a follow on whatever platform that you're watching us on. Um, and we would really greatly appreciate that. It, it really goes a lot more, a lot further than you guys know. So we really appreciate you all for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. See you later. See ya.